What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Bullpen. Today, I got a real special guest for you guys. And I'm excited about this episode, not only for all, all of our listeners, but specifically for our female audience right now who doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of role models out there that they can look to to help them balance their life or look to to have all the success in the world. Just there, there, there's, no, there's, there's no secret that, that we need more badass female entrepreneurs to stand up to make a difference in this world honestly for everyone's sake not just for women i hope that's i hope that's key i hope we make that known is that i want to hear more from women and how they've grown in their businesses not just you know to speak to women but to speak to everyone right and i think the person we have on today is the perfect woman for the job she is the definition of a badass entrepreneur okay let me just give you guys an idea of who we're about to hear from okay so she's a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and business coach who has became a seven-figure earner before the age of 30. That's super important. She became a seven-figure earner before the age of 30, okay? She's been able to overcome an upbringing hardship and poverty with passion and vision for a better life. She is now helping others to achieve their dream, dream life as well. A business mompreneur, which I love that, mompreneur with four children, uh, she's earned herself a reputation as the balance queen, which we're going to dive into here. That's actually really cool. Her happy and strong mission is to touch a hundred million lives through her philanthropy, coaching and leadership development. Her unique and proven strategies have changed countless lives, helping people to have more success, joy and balance, and most importantly, fulfillment in their life. She's passionate, she's energetic, and she's, and her energy is just contagious and if you're, I, I've already spoken to her a little bit and I know she's just going to ignite everything inside you guys. She has a book coming out, which we're just going to touch on. I'm not going to give out the secrets of that yet. We'll mention that in here in a sec. But Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you, Jeremiah. I'm excited to be here. I love what you're doing. I love your podcast and I'm excited to spend some time with you guys today. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm grateful to have you on. So Jamie, let me make sure I'm pronouncing your last name right. Vila Lobos. Villalobos. Okay. All right. Making sure I'm pronouncing that right. Villalobos. Okay. Um, that's Hispanic last name. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it is Hispanic. Okay. You, would, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me or my <laughs> husband, but yes, it's a Hispanic last name. Do you speak Spanish? I, I don't. I wish I did. Okay, gotcha. I love speaking Spanish as much as I can because, you know, from my LDS background, I served a mission. I was in Texas. So any any chance we get to do a little podcast in Spanish, we could try that. No. <laughs> I'm not the one. <laughs> okay, so you've done some incredible things. And we, as we were talking, like, you know, this. so I love reading the bio just to give our audience just kind of an idea of who, who this is they're about to learn from, right? But again, every one of our audience knows I like to go deep. I don't want to just get the you know, surface level stuff about who you are, what you've accomplished. What I really want to know is how did you do this? Who, who really is Jamie? Right. And so at the, at the end of the day, what I really want to start off with it, what's your story, right? Like what made you who you are? What's your story? Yeah. Well, you know, I was, um, after I was born, my parents moved to Montana, uh, thinking that, you know, to get out of California, have a, a different type of upbringing, and we, uh, we moved to a tiny little town, like 325 people in the northeastern corner of Montana. So mm. a lot of people think of Montana as this beautiful stuff in, in the movies. It wasn't. It's like flat, ugly wheat fields and just nothing. And so uh, we were very poor. I was the oldest of six kids. Mm. My dad, you know, was in and out of work constantly. It was hard to find work. And so we, I grew up on welfare and, you know, food stamps and those things. And so growing up, I watched my family fight about money, mm. uh, about which bill we could pay. And I knew I didn't want that from myself. Uh, you know, I grew up on this little, 
this little trailer on the edge of town. And, um, and so after, after graduating high school, I just moved to California with the idea of I could find a good job and uh, work and pay my way through school. You know, there wasn't even an opportunities at all for females. There's no jobs for me females. I think maybe a bartender or something like that. I don't know. So I came to California. I, I started getting, you know, jobs anywhere I could walk to that would hire me. Mm. I worked two or three jobs until I could afford a car. And then I started working um, at a place that was a, a gym, a health club. Mm. And I thought that would be a easy, no brainer type of job while I was going to school, sending money back home to my family. And, uh, you know, after about four and a half years there, I, I hit an income ceiling. Mm. And it was a corporate job. It wasn't the, the positive environment I thought. Uh, it was very salesy. Um, and I was working long hours. I was working typically 11, sometimes four hours a day, sometimes six, sometimes seven days a week, and zero appreciation. So I, I started really growing dissatisfied with working for corporate America mm. and wanted something of my own. Really, I want, what I wanted was control of my time. Mm. I wanted to be able to have something where I could put my family first. I, I had no life. I, I couldn't even meet a guy, let alone think about like, time with my kids and, and stuff in the future. So so I just started getting more and more dissatisfied. And luckily, I, I met a lady at the gym whose husband had a business. And she thought, you know, you're, she said, you're really nice. You're really good people. Have you ever thought of doing something different? Mm. And it was just perfect timing. I was so hungry for change and for opportunity in my life. And living in California, even though I was 22, I was making about $70,000 a year and it still wasn't enough to, to live the life I wanted and help my family. So again, you know, I came into this industry that I knew nothing about, very young, 22, a very male dominated industry, the financial industry, mm-hmm. but again, hopeful and excited and, uh, and just started to work. I, uh, I guess my strength was I knew nothing and I, and I knew I, I knew nothing. So yeah. I was very, very coachable. Mm. You know, I found great mentors and, uh, and I worked very hard in those first 18 months. It was just kind of head down and, and learning all I needed to learn and, and growing my, growing my business, growing myself, mm. had a lot of self-development to do. Yeah. Oh, so I, I, you know what? That's, that's what's, what's funny is, you know, and our, our friend Ed says this all the time. He says, he says, you know, entrepreneurship is the greatest self-discovery program in the history of mankind. Right. You just have to, you have to learn so much more about yourself. You have to grow. You have to develop. You have to learn how to balance more things. Like, cause here's the thing. There's a difference between being a, having a job and then being an entrepreneur. Complete big, there's a massive difference in how you operate your life, even the littlest things. Right. And that's what people, I think why so many people shy away from being an entrepreneur. Right. So I believe that's yeah, a big, exactly. Absolutely. That's a big thing of what you've been able to accomplish. Not only were you able to accomplish massive success in your business, right? But you're helping people find that balance in their life, right? Obviously, the balance queen. What is that all about? Talk, talk to me about that. Well, you know, again, I started off in business as this young, single, hungry, mm. driven entrepreneur. That was just like, I'll be the first one in the office. I'll be the last to leave. I'll do whatever it takes to win, you know, and then, and then my, met my spouse and I had to tweak things to uh, be able to work together and have harmony there and figure out what our roles were. And, and what, what I did was I came up with, a, instead of trying to get him on board or kind of give thing, him things to do, we came up with a common vision of what we wanted our life to look like. Then we had our first child, then we had our second child, our third, our fourth child. And every time I had to tweak everything and um, and figure out you know how I could find peace again because it was stressful, 
And so um, when I had my first child and she was about 18 months old, uh, it was the first time that I ever was super distracted. Before that, it was just like, go, you know, my dreams, my goals, you know, I was just all in all the time. Mm. And for the first time ever, I was so distracted. When I was at the office, I was thinking, you know, am I not spending enough time at home? Am I, am I neglecting my kid? Am I screwing up my kid? And then when I was at home with my, with, you know, with the quality time with my kid that I was, you know, wanting, I still had that voice in my head saying, am I, am I still hungry enough? Am I working hard enough? Am I neglecting my business? So it was this constant distraction. And so I had to learn how to now still compete and win in my business and grow and scale, but also be able to put my family and my faith in those things first. Mm. Let me let me ask you something. These are and I want to I want to I want to throw out some hard questions here for you because these are questions that I've gotten um, that are really difficult for me to answer. Right? One of the biggest questions I get from female entrepreneurs or pe- women in business is there's a really big battle in women's minds about being overly masculine in order to be mm. you know dominant in business or to succeed in business. They feel like they have to be masculine. They have to be you know, um, assertive and dominant and just, you know, all these things, right. That's a, and that's, a, and that's a battle because, you know, they want to, you know, like live in their life, like the femininity, you know, and like, and, and, you know, you know, own that feminine, you know, energy, but still have success in business. I think a lot of women struggle between business and they, you know, like being, you know, male dominant, dominant in a lot of things, which you mentioned, you got into a very male dominant industry, the financial industry, right. So I actually want to I want to come back to that, but what I really I want to ask about this first is how do you balance that? How do you help other females balance, you know, this idea that you can be feminine, you can be whoever you want in business, number one, but you can be feminine, you can be dominant in business. Yeah, I love I love that question because you know it's such a this space that I'm in now with this happy and strong. I just don't see a lot of women in this space that are super high achieving and income earning and um, you know making an impact but yet are happily married, four kids, teenagers, six-year-olds. I just don't see that. And so what I see in the business world is these women trying to be, like you said, badass, mm. trying to, you know, closing deals and heels and <laughs> these things. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's okay. Like you said, if that's what you want to be, if that's mm. who you are. But I think in business, you're going to be a lot happier long-term if you're just authentic. If you're out there, you know, trying to make a difference, trying to create the life that you truly, truly want. If that's the life you want, that's awesome. So early on, you know, I I worked hard, started doing well, but I had one coach that said, Jamie, you know, what do you really want? Not just, you know, a million dollars income, not just the house and the this and the travel. What do you really want your life to look like? When it's all said and done and all the clapping is over, you know, what? Do you want your business to provide for you Mm. stability long-term? And so I had to really dig deep and figure out what I wanted, not just to help my family back home, not just to, you know, again, retire and have this great lifestyle. But what I wanted um, was again, a great, like a dream life that I had complete peace of mind that my family and I can go on adventures all over the world, Mm. but I also can make these big contributions that I'm so passionate about. And, uh, and so I got clear in my mind of what this life looked like. And, and that was a mom, but that was also this philanthropist. And that was also this business leader that was developing other entrepreneurs. And so I just, I believe there's two of you. There's the guy or gal that is, mm. and the guy or gal that is, that, that is to be, or could be, or is mm. meant to be. And you're chasing that. I was chasing like 
that other version of me, a different type of communicator, a different type of contributor. And so I was constantly trying to move that vision of that second version of me and uh, the lifestyle I wanted closer to today. Mm. Just move it closer to today. And, um, and so it, I didn't have to be someone I wasn't. I didn't have to be. You know, my clients liked the authentic me. The people I was leading, they wanted a real authentic leader. Yes. I don't yes. have to be a perfect leader. No one is. I don't have to be, you know, I, I make mistakes just like everybody else. I try not to make the same mistakes over and over, but I, you know what I mean? I'm not perfect. And so I think people would rather follow a leader that's, you know, authentic and cares about them and clients like the same thing. And so again, if it's not you, great. If it is you, that's fine too. Um, but you don't have to be uh, any type of role that you don't want to be. I can be a mom. And honestly, I think the women are a little bit naturally more compassionate a leader. Uh, and, uh, and that can serve you. That's, that can be a gift to help you grow your business. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff because and the, I think what we crave today, especially with social media, what makes every what makes what makes you unique is you. You don't have to play a role. You don't have to step into anything else except for who you actually are. And I think pe- that's what we crave today because there's so much, you know, like, you know, like putting things out there on social media to look like look a certain way that you're not or to portray yourself and not even social media in the job, you know, like in the job you're in, in the workforce you're in, we try to take on a role that's not who we are, right? Whereas if, and I talk about this niche marketing thing, I hate niche marketing because niche marketing makes you get so specific that you forget who you are. And who you are is unique. Who you are will resonate with people that I can never resonate with, right? The truth is, you will always be able to impact people that I never will. And I'll be able to impact people that you never will because you're different than me. Doesn't mean it's better or worse. It means you being you is the most important thing to this world. Yeah. And I think women also, um, you can't be timid and you can't be, you know, cutesy and Mm. shy. You have to be assertive. You have to know what you want. You have to be willing to get out there and work hard and, you know, get past those comfort zones and do what it takes to win, Mm. period. Mm. So being that woman can't be an excuse either. Mm. I always look at it and said, if she did it, I can do it. If he did it, I can do it. And I can probably do it faster because I can make less mistakes watching how he did it. And so I just, you can't let it be an excuse. Same thing with your family when you're, you know, when you're married or you have kids, I've never let them be an excuse to fail or not take risks. I have my family, my kids be my excuse to win. They're my mm. why. They're the reason I work so hard. They're the reason I take big risks. They're the reason, reason I keep challenging myself to grow. So that's fascinating. Yeah, I love that. Wow. Now let me let me take let me take you back to when you talked about joining the financial industry, which is very male dominated, right? Did you ever experience anything where a lot, you know, people would tell you, why would I listen to you? Because you're a woman. Did you ever experience, I, 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 I'm curious if you ever went through things like That's that. A little where, bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's always going to be people that have their biases and stuff. And mm. uh, I remember one time early on going to see a client, uh, a male and, uh, and his fiance. And he's like, yeah, I love this. I need this. I want this. I talked to my father-in-law and, and this is great, but he wouldn't buy from me. Went back again, re-explained it. Yeah, this is awesome, but he wouldn't buy from me. And uh, the person had re- who had referred me, they said, Jamie, send a, a guy. Send a blonde, blue-eyed mm. guy, and he'll buy. And I'm like, really? Racist? Sexist? 
all right, I'll go ahead and send another guy still, you know, make that sale and let him be, you know, whatever he is. But, um, but yeah, you're going to experience it once in a while. So what? Mm. So what? You know what I mean? Everybody in business is going to have challenges, whether you're a woman or a man, mm. there's going to be challenges. There's going to be really hard things that happen. There's going to be turmoil in your industry. Sometimes there's going to be pandemics now sometimes okay? yeah. things that are completely outside of your control. I mm. can't control that guy's, you know, mindset or his biases. I can't do that. All I can do is what I can do. And I can focus on myself, my self growth, my, my personal growth, what I need to do to get to the next level. And so, yeah, I did experience that. Um, the one thing that I, that really was hard was I didn't have any role models. Mm. You know, there was very few women winning. And, um, and so I had to kind of just look at, you know, leaders from the past, you know, through books, through audio, uh, people that won in business, people that were uh, great leaders and just study the great ones and, and apply it in my life. Hmm. Then I had to seek out male or female, anyone that was willing to help me, uh, to get to whatever the next, you know, over the next hump. And I just kept doing it. And I just, you know, I tried to develop good mentorship relationships. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a hard thing that I didn't have a lot of role models, you know, coming into the business as females. I feel like women still struggle with that because as I think, as I mentioned before, a lot of women, especially, you know, in, in my business, there's a lot of women entrepreneurs in our financial agency and what I do. And one of the things they talk about is how they, they feel they can't find women, you know, as role models, especially in, you know, like I think they think that this is exactly word for word. They find a lot of women in fitness industry or they find a lot of women in, in, you know, certain industries, but they won't find them in, you know, finance, or they won't find them in business and entrepreneurship, right? Why do you yeah. think that is? And how do we change that? Yeah, well, again, it's been a male dominated industry for a while. Mm. Um, but here's the thing, you know, I would tell you, if it's been done, you can do it. Mm. If he did it, you can do it. You can do it faster. It's easier today than it was for them. Why? Because we have much more technology. We probably have smoother systems in place. And so I know, if like one of my mentors, Ed Milet, if he did it, then I can do it too. Mm. I could probably do it faster if I ask him what mistakes to, to avoid mm. along the way. Mm. So I just, again, be humble, be coachable, always be that empty cup. So let's say this is where you want to be. And there's a guy over there or a gal over there that's already done it. They've already been there. And so I'm here. I say, I just say, hey, which, which way do I step to avoid the landmines? So I can get over there, but I can be there in one piece and happy and not totally burnt out and stressed out. So I, again, I utilize mental relationships, but um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's going to be that way for a while um, in, in some industries, um, but that's okay. Again, mm. records are meant to be broken and uh, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Uh, if it's been done, you can do it. And, and even if it hasn't been done, What's to say you can't do it, yeah. right? And uh, and so to me, it was just challenging myself. And uh, you know, I'd come up with these crazy, awesome, I mean, you know, scary goals that were almost unbelievable. But sometimes, as big as you can think, these scary, stretching, somewhat unrealistic goals that you can put down on paper, you read them, you're like, I don't know. Mm. But then just think about it. More than likely, someone's already done it. And more than likely, if there's someone that's done it with your, with your same excuse, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm a female. Oh, I don't have any support at home. Mm. Someone's already done it. They've already taken away your excuse. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
<laughs> man, you're powerful. I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps. I'm loving this. This is fire me up, man. Jeez. I'm yeah, okay. Well, let me let me ask you a new question, okay? I kind of want I want to pivot to some that you brought up that I really I I'm curious. How 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 do you feel about the fact that you grew up on food stamps? Right? And I, I really what I, what I mean by that is you grew up living in poverty, right? Food stamps, you know, government assistance, right? Again, we're talking about excuses and any, like we could find any excuse. The truth is everyone in this world has some pain that they can use as a crutch or as a platform to launch off of, right? And I talked to a lot of people who grew up in some form of poverty or some form of, you know, my parents didn't teach me this, 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 you know, like, and they use that as a reason why they can't. So I want to know your thoughts because obviously you've, you've used that to propel you forward, but how does... How what what was that like growing up yeah. on food stamps and living that kind of life and how has that helped you? Yeah. Well, again, we can use any excuse. Any excuse will do when you're looking for one. Mm. Yeah. Getting outside your comfort zone is hard. So any excuse will do when you're looking <laughs> for one. So, but here's the thing: I grew up in poverty, but other people maybe had other you know abuse or you know other things. But that's not you. I mean, that's not this you that you're shooting for. So to get from here to here, you're going to have to go through peaks and valleys and climb from peak to peak, right? So when I grew up, in, you know, that way, I remember going, you know, back to school shopping at the thrift store or going to pay for my school lunch with a punch card instead of a ticket like everyone else. And I knew it was because, you know, we were poor. I lived, that little trailer was falling apart. Mm. The linoleum floor was, you know, peeling up and every room had a different color, ugly shag carpet mm. <laughs> that he had found somewhere. And I just thought, how poor are we that we can't even fix the the swamp cooler that's caving in. But you know what, those things uh, led to defining moments for me. I, I remember one time waking up and uh, I could see my breath. And northeastern corner of Montana is, mm -hmm. it's it's super cold. It's it's like Alaska. The yeah. Alaska winds cut right through there. It's it's really cold in the in the winter, even worse than Utah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I woke up, I see my breath and I thought, great, we can't afford propane right now. Mm. And I, I, again, I've, I've, I'm the oldest of six. I grabbed my little sisters and I brought them into the, the bathroom. I plugged in a little space heater and I was getting them ready for school and doing their hair and singing songs with them because I didn't want them to feel the way I was feeling. I didn't want them to feel like this. I know, you know, what was going on in, in that household and that life. And I wanted them to feel happy. So that was a defining moment that this was never gonna happen. I didn't want in my household for me and my spouse to have to fight about money. And I'll just tell you, no one I knew, no one I knew growing up, no, no one in my family was ever successful in anything. No one is, has even stayed married. None of my aunts, uncles, they've never had a successful marriage. They've never even gone to college. So I had no role models at all growing up. So when they say, well, I was grew up and I grew up poor and here's my excuse, all it is, is you're a product of your upbringing and the small thinking that's been programmed in you. Mm. And you got to reprogram your, your brain. You've got to reprogram your mind for success. You got to reprogram, reprogram to attract wealth into your life. And so that's what I did when I started in business. I thought, you know, I really need to, to work on me. Mm. I got to do something about me first. And so I just started devouring leadership books, self-improvement books. I started to put myself in a position to be around vision stretchers, leaders, successful people, 
I would sneak into all kinds of meetings. Sometimes I would fly across the country to go to some leadership meeting that I was never invited to. And I'd get kicked out, but I put that you know cup on the door to listen and to take notes. Because again, I had to I had to change my associations. I had to change um, again the books I was reading, the meetings I was attending, so that I could grow closer to that second version of me. If I uh, if I stayed around those people with that small thinking, guess what? I'm gonna stay exactly where I was. Mm -hmm. If I it's hard to focus on where you're going when you're stuck right here where you are, and that's all that you see in front of you. So again, I had to put myself in different situations and I'd hang around these guys like Ed Milet, like these other great leaders. And I thought, well, these are great people, but they're just like you and me. They're, you know, they're, they're good people. They've worked hard. You know, they've had a great opportunity or, or business, you know, that they could, that they could develop, but they're just like me and you, you know, they all you know, had the same challenges. Champions have this, they went through the same thing we did. We, they fought through comfort zones. They, they had, you know, hard times in their life. They had relatives that were sick, you know, parents that passed away, small, you know, uh, thinking and in their upbringing, they all had the same stuff, but they did it anyway. They did it anyway. They looked at that excuse. They made themselves fight past that comfort zone. Their comfort zone now expands. What they think is possible, what they believe is possible, it expands and they start to grow. Their thinking becomes different. And you keep doing that. You hit a new comfort zone. You keep doing that. You keep personally growing. And then when you go through the valleys, the adversity, that's good too. Hmm. That's really good too. Sometimes those can be the biggest blessings of all. Sometimes, you know, you're like, why me? But then that adversity is for our good to help us grow into that set. Without it, it's going to be almost impossible to get to that second version of ourselves. So we can be grateful for all that stuff too. But, um, but yeah, don't let that small thinking hold you back. Mm. Don't let that be your excuse. Um, again, those were defining moments for me. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to ever be in that situation ever again. Mm. Wow, man, you're getting me fired up. I'm loving this. This is good stuff, man. Jeez. I just, I'm just thinking about the feelings you've had, like you sitting there with your sisters, right? Mm. You know, this, there, the, the truth is like, so there's a, there's a story between the hero and the villain. And I've mentioned this before on my stuff. They have the exact same story. Heroes and villains have the exact same story, and the story is pain. You know, every villain, if you see a villain, right, every villain has a limp. They have a scar on their face, or they have some uh, horrific upbringing. And so then they turn around and they say, the world hurt me, so I'm going to hurt it back. But it's the heroes who have the exact same story where they're bullied, they're orphaned, you know, or to some form or fashion, they've gone through pain. But instead, they say, the world hurt me, so I'm not going to let that happen to anybody else. And I just heard that in your story of what you just did of saying, not only am I going to make sure my, my sisters and my family doesn't have to go through this, but for future you know, generations. And obviously, I can see that in your drive right now and how you've taken that to help other people in your business and everything. You know, you've got you've developed some empathy through your pain that drives you to make sure no one has to go through the same thing. Yeah, you know, um, I think that the, 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 the one percenters, the champions, they have the ability to take these hard things or their emotions and use that to drive them. And so, you know, I was trying to figure out early on in my business, like, what are my real important whys and goals? And it was kind of hard for me. I was single. I was 22. Um, but something happened. Another defining moment. I was in my office early in my business. I, I wasn't making a ton of money yet, you know. And I was kind of being casual that day. I think I might have even had my feet up. I, I, mean, I never do that, but kind of just 
joking around with some people in the office. And my little sister called, my sister Jessie called. She was about nine years old at the time. And we're chatting and, and we're talking. And then all of a sudden, the twins, like the two youngest, they were, they were about three, started crying. And there was a, she's like, hold on. She put the phone down and there was a lot of chaos. And I could hear yelling. And, and then finally she comes back to the phone and I said, what, what just happened? What was going on? She said, oh, mom tried to get out of bed. My stepmom at the time was very, very ill and had a ton of surgeries, I think about 50 total now. And uh, she, she was addi addic uh, addicted to the narcotics that the, mm. that the doctors had put her on. Mm. And she was bedridden. And so my nine-year-old sister was, <laughs> she was raising those kids. And so when she had tried to get out of bed, my sister was throwing water in her face, slapping her, drug her back to bed. She's like, oh yeah, she's okay now. Like it was nothing. And I had listened to this. And she just kept on talking like everything was okay. I said, why didn't you call 911? And she said, oh, because my mom said not to call 911 because they might take us away. Mm. And I hung up the phone that day and I walked down the hall to the bathroom at the office, you know, and, and I looked in the mirror and I cussed myself out. I was pissed. You know, I was just like, what is wrong with you? You're wasting time. You're wasting your life. You have this opportunity. You could be on the phone. You could be seeing a client. You could be doing something. You need to do more. They're counting on you. And it kind of solidified in my mind. I went through that. They don't have to. I have the ability to help them. And so that kind of drove me. I just went, I was so mad that day. And I think from that time forth, I, I didn't waste any more time. I, again, I wanted to move my vision closer to today to be able to take care of them. But it wasn't just take care of them financially. I think my vision back then became, I wanted to win. I wanted to win so big that I could be the hero to those little girls to show them that it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter versus where you want to go and you can get there. So I wanted to a win to be that example for them and uh, so that they can do something with their lives. Mm. Wow. So you, can take it, you can take hard things and it can make you better. Mm. It can make you have not just a business plan or goals, but have an emotional game plan to mm. drive you past tough stuff, past, past anything that comes up. Or adversity can make you bitter mm. and, uh, and shut down and even quit. Yes, amen. Wow, powerful stuff. Um, let, let's pivot. Let me ask you about this balance thing, right? You're the queen of balance, right? You teach, you teach a lot of people all around the world, right? About balance, about, you know, cause obviously you create some massive success in your business, but this is a, this is a new venture for you or like at least a newer venture to help people. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, specifically women in their lives to find balance, to find, you know, ways that they can not, not, not be, not feel guilty for being successful, right? right? Walk me through that. Well, you know, it's it, well, it is for men and women. In, okay. Entrepreneurs, you know, working moms, men. Actually, uh, John Maxwell, one of my good friends, I don't know if you know John Maxwell, the author, He's has, a stud. Endorsed, has endorsed this, uh, mm. Ed Milet. So, you know, a lot of men, leaders, and entrepreneurs too love it. But um, here's what I, I found. You know, like I said, I see so many entrepreneurs or you know business people that have these big dreams and have these big passions or even if they just want to have a side thing that they're passionate about and they start to get going but then they have the guilty feelings mm. or they just get so burnt out because they don't know how to juggle it all it's mm. just too much and so they end up usually either giving up on that dream 
or just kind of being miserable, you know, yeah. pushing it, grinding through it all. And so there is a way to do it and win. And so, you know, balance is a perfect balance is a myth. Mm. We're never going to be perfectly balanced, but you can be striving for balance and having happiness. You know, you can, you can be going for your next big dream, but be happy in the moment that you're in. And so in the book, Happy and Strong that I, that I wrote, it talks about, you know, how to great, how to create a, you know, great successful business, how to scale it and be able to step away from it so that you're not in it all the time and build, you know, leadership, you know, in place. But then most importantly, how do you find happiness? How do you find that balance? How do you juggle it all? And, um, and so for just, I guess, for the first thing I'll say is I, I don't do it all. <laughs> like so many people think they have to be this perfect mom or do all these different things and they have to bake it, you know, everything for the bake sale. And you know what? Sometimes I'm busy. I think I'm the busiest person that I know. And sometimes cookies from the grocery store are going to be just as good as if I cook them. Right. And so you're going to have to let go of some things. Right. Mm. And so for what, what I do first is I figure out what is not, not my goal, not my income goals, but my ideal life, the dream life mm. that I'm trying to create. And then I figure out what are my primary roles? What are my, um, what's really the most important things in my life. And of course, I hope that's your faith, your family, and then your business. And so in the beginning, you know, when you're growing your company and you're in that, like at least first 18 months of getting the thing off the ground, you're gonna have, I mean, just sorry to tell you, but you're gonna have to cut some stuff out. Mm -hmm. You can't be um, in the bowling league and the <laughs> coaching the little league and you know, all this crap. You're gonna have to cut it out. Uh, I have a course called Streamline Your Life in Seven Days how to declutter your life so that you can kind of free yourself up to then charge. I see a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go all in in my business. But then they start and stop and they start and stop because there's this stuff holding them back. So we got we to streamline, you know, everything first and, uh, and get a few things in place. But um, in, the, in the beginning, you're probably not going to have a ton of hobbies. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be, for me, my priority is faith, family, business. If it doesn't grow those three areas, I just didn't do it. Mm. I didn't do it at all. Mm. Okay. Um, but then I, again, from 23 years of making mistakes, having four kids, building a multiple seven figure income, multiple businesses, I've learned kind of some tricks, some tools, some strategies that again, make my whole day to day a lot smoother, a lot easier. I don't have to spend a lot of time, uh, nagging kids, uh, or, you know, micromanaging in mm. any of my businesses. So, uh, so that's what I kind of put in this book is I, I never, I never planned to write this book to be totally mm. honest. You know, I, I thought maybe I'll write a book later on when the kids have moved out of the, out of the house and, uh, and I have more time, but during COVID, you know, just kept, I don't know, something kept weighing on my heart that now is the, re the best time to do it. And, and, uh, the book's just a small little piece of a, a bigger vision to, to help, to help people with this. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and in my business and, and uh, what I find myself most passionate about is teaching them how to find more happiness because they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm making great income now, but my spouse and I are arguing mm. or we can't figure out our roles or I don't spend enough time with my kids. How do you do it all? So, you know, like I said, that's, that's kind of the, the purpose of, of the book. Mm. I want to read that book big time. <laughs> I need to read that because... You know, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, that's something that I'm I'm struggling with even currently because I'm constantly working on expanding 
growing, getting to the next level, pushing myself, doing everything I can. And there are things in my life that I keep noticing I neglect and I lose, right? Or I lose sight of. And I constantly am trying to set myself back and how do I do this and grow and expand and hit my goals but still not, you know, lose myself health-wise or, you know, lose focus on, you know, spending time with my family and my wife, right? Um, it's t- it, that's one of the most difficult Jeremiah, things. Jeremiah, isn't that all on all high achievers and entrepreneurs? Like yeah. People that are hungry for success. They're driven. Yeah. We're, we're driven people. And that's just our innate, like, we want to win and we want to do it faster. And so what happens is we get super focused. And, you know, you could go three months and be like, wow, I haven't done a date night. I haven't done one-on-one time with my kid. And then you say, oh, crap, my wife's upset. Let me step back here and now go spend time here. And again, it becomes a distraction. And then again, you never get really the momentum that you really want. And so one of the things that I do is, again, I have that emotional game plan that drives me. But my business plan has four areas, faith, family, fitness, health, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, and then, and then business, finance. And so my finance, I have savings goals, I have business goals. But here's the deal. If I want to envision and attract this amazing dream life, then I have to have it first. I have to first build it on paper or build it in my mind then build it on paper and then go build it. But I have to have a clear picture. Clarity is your best friend. So if I have a clear picture of what I'm building and I'm fired up about it because I'm, you know, feeding it to my brain every day, morning and night, thinking about what I want. But here's the deal. As, as motivated and as hungry and as driven as I am, every night I read that plan. And every morning I read that plan. So guess what it does? It rebalances me because it has family goals in there. It has marriage goals in there. Mm. It has faith goals in there. It doesn't just have income, promotion, or achievement goals. Mm. I like that. I like, yeah. do you talk, and is that all in your book when you lay out all these, like, these stages and all these details of, like, how to balance all that and stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of how to balance. There's a lot of how to structure it all. Uh, there's a there's a chapter called creating memories versus just getting things done and mm. how to involve like the whole family into different things. But um, but yeah, towards the beginning of the book, there's a chapter on how do you get the clarity? I think that's the most important thing. Like there's a great quote from Napoleon Hill that says, I can help anyone get anything that they want in life. So <laughs> getting that clarity first of exactly what you know you're going for and exactly what your your you know in the end result is. How do you do that? So every mm. morning you're fired up mm. every day trying to get that vision closer to today and that nothing is going to slow you down. Nothing's going to stop you. No matter what happens, you're just going to keep growing and you're just going to keep dominating. Jeez, mm. I'm loving this. <laughs> so Happy and Strong, that's the book that's coming out May 17th of this year, correct? So I want to make sure everyone stay tuned. Do you have a link that we can put in there for that, Happy and Strong? So, yeah, so you can go to... You can go to my website, happyandstrong.com, if okay. you want to learn any more about me or if you want to just get, get, you know, get more connected with me. Mm-hmm. But the book is actually out May 17th, and it will be on sale pretty much anywhere books are sold, Amazon, mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble, wherever. But it's actually out for pre-sale right now. Awesome. Okay, awesome. I'm putting in my order right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this. How do people How do people learn from you? Like, what are, like I know you, you talk, mentioned courses, obviously the book, but... 
are you doing anything that gets people access to you or to learn from you or to hear you speak? Yeah. Like, it, wh what are the next phases for you in order to get this message out there? Because I want more. <laughs> and I know people yeah. listening are going to want to hear more of this. I think that, I think that again, if they're in business, whether mm. they're a new entrepreneurs, you know, just driving every day, trying to make your first million, or you're an established business owner that's wondering, like, how can I have more balance and time with my mm. family? Or if you're even just a stay-at-home mom or parent that says, how, how do I get more um, use out of the little time that I have mm. and make more fulfillment and make more of an impact? So the book's going to be great. But um, I do do live courses. Um, if you go to happyandstrong.com, usually the next live course will be will be on there. Um, sometimes I'll do a, a virtual course across you know the country, and those are great to plug into. Sometimes we'll do the mental wellness class. I mm. did a lot of that during COVID because <laughs> people were, you know, having a hard time. Yeah. Everything. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but but there's a great course called uh, Streamline Your Life in Seven Days. Uh, that's just a video course that you can buy. But Honestly, um, you know, they can always connect with me on happyandstrong.com, you know, it says stay connected and uh, they can, you know, ask me questions and things like that through email. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. Well, listen, our audience listening in, we've got a lot of incredible stuff from this podcast. Like I, I had chills on this podcast, like you're powerful, right? This is some good stuff. But if there's one thing you want to leave our audience with, what would that be? What one message, what would it be? You know, honestly, it's, if I can do it, you can do it. I mm. promise you, if I can do it, you can do it. And so I know that it doesn't matter again, like where you came from, what's happened to you, where you're at. Oh, I don't have support. My spouse isn't really, you know, supportive. I don't have mentoring. It doesn't matter if you want it, you can have it. And so I would just say wherever you're at in your business, wherever you're at in your happiness, mm you know, wherever you're at mentally, physically, I had a disease, they told me I had a disease that was incurable. They said I had lupus. I applied everything I learned in business about not listening to negative people, setting a goal and visualizing my wellness. And I was able to cure this incurable disease. So it doesn't matter at your, if you're at your lowest point right now, there's always, don't know what's around the corner. You have to be prepared for what's around the corner. You yeah. don't know if COVID's coming or, right? But you have to also be so hopeful and ready to just push yourself through the next thing and get around that corner. Because, you know, like I said, this, this life is, is you can, it can be full of abundance. It can be full of a happiness, wealth, mm. you know, or it can give you exactly what you settled for. Mm. And I, I just hate the word. It's my least favorite word, the word settle. Mm. And I see that's just most people are like, oh, this is not for me, hmm. you know, because it's uncomfortable. I was just challenge you to not settle for anything less than that second version of you hmm. to become someone that you're proud of. You look at all these people that I'm sure he has on his podcast that are successful. And you're like, well, I don't know if I could do that. If I can, you can. Hmm. If I can, you can. <laughs> um, and I, I already know, and I, we haven't met yet, but I already know that you have everything inside you to make your biggest, biggest, wildest dreams come true, All right? You might need a little bit of mentoring, you might, might need a little bit of tweaking, a little bit of self-development, but we can get you there, we can. And so just don't give up, mm. just don't give up, just keep, no matter what, get clarity on where you're going and just, even if some days are harder and you're just kind of doing a, you know, just moving a little closer to it, gain ground every day, mm. don't lose ground. Gain ground every day. Work on yourself a little bit every day. Work on your business a little bit every day. Some days you're going to be fired up and it's going to be a lot. 
some days you're going to be pulling yourself <laughs> and crawling, but just keep going. Don't give up. And, and I, I promise, I promise you have everything already inside you to get there. Mm. I love it. I love it. This might be one of my favorite episodes. There was some, I don't think there was a moment in this entire episode that we didn't have pure truth just being spatched. <laughs> this is great stuff. Um, I, obviously, everyone listening, guys, go follow this woman right now. What's the best place uh, people can get a hold of you? Obviously, you're on Instagram, right? Yeah. My Instagram is at jamie.villalobos. Okay. Uh, J-A-I-M-E mm-hmm. dot Villalobos. Villalobos is a tricky one. It's V-I-L-L-A-L-O-V as in Victor. Right. Yeah. That'd be a great place, yeah, that they can communicate with me. Mm-hmm. We'll link all this in the bio so you make sure you guys go get a hold of her. Follow her on Instagram. Follow, you know, go go check out her website and that pre-order. I'm doing that right after this, happyandstrong.com. Uh right the crack happyandstrong.com for your book. Um, happyandstrong.com is a website. The book they can go to Amazon, okay. Walmart, Target, Barnes, anywhere. Okay, awesome. Well, guys, go check it out. Obviously, there's a lot of powerful things coming from this woman here soon, and I can't wait to, I can't, I can't wait to hear more from you. So, thank you so much for coming on the bullpen. Appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Jeremy. Appreciate it.